Episode 29 of the Press Pass Podcast, presented by the Press Republican. Sports Editor Joey LaFranca here with you, along with staff writers Mackenzie Delisle and Kara Chapman. Quick hits, two weeks in a row. We're rocking and rolling. How we doing? Good. Busy. <laughs> so what's going on this week? It's been it's been an interesting. I feel like not too busy, but not too like not too boring. I feel like it's a it's a just a normal nice week this week. Yeah, I I would I would tend to agree with that. I suppose just to start with COVID, as always, um, since the last time we talked, um, Clinton County Health Department did report four more COVID nineteen related deaths. Though this week um, we had some some good news, in my opinion, because the number of active cases in the county actually dropped below 200 for the first time since the end of December. So hopefully that signals a downturn. I, I don't know. We do have, you know, variants that we need to look out for. Those haven't they haven't announced those have been detected in Clinton County in particular. There was one case down in Essex County. But um, let's just take that as hopefully a good sign of har- harbinger. Is that how you say that word? Of good things to come. Yeah. So we'll, we'll um, go with it. Okay. <laughs> and then Franklin County Public Health also reported a new death yesterday. Um, they've been keeping about like usually more than 300 is what they've been monitoring, but more than half of those are inmates. Though that's still important to report because obviously the corrections officers live in, and the civilian staff that interact with the inmates live in the community. So still very important to report on those. And I saw tomorrow Essex County Health Department and Franklin County Public Health are holding a joint clinic at the North Country Community College campus in Saranac Lake. They're administering 400 first doses to 1B essential workers and people with comorbidities. But as I checked um, today, I I believe that was announced yesterday and there's no appointments available. So they're pushing out vaccine. People want vaccine. That's a good sign because we don't want it to go sitting unused in the North Country. Which... Just to jump in really quickly. So last time I talked, I said that my grandma, who is not, she's 64. I figured it out for sure. 64. You've confirmed. Um, I have confirmed this <laughs> because I, that's what I had thought. And so when I heard that she ended up getting her vaccine at a pharmacy, I was like, something's not adding up here, which is, that was my revelation on here last week. But basically what had happened was she was scheduled to get her vaccine um, where she was supposed to. But because they had a vial, needed somebody to come in and get the vaccine right away. Somewhere down the line, her name tossed around and she got the call to go in and actually get the vaccine at the um, at the farm. So as, I guess as long as you get your name out there, you have the chance of getting in if somebody fails. So that's a good thing. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, that's the that's the most important thing throughout all of this is it seems like there's a lot of frustration when it comes to registering for vaccines and and things like that sometimes because i mean it 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 is i mean it's it's a, the most cherished cherished thing in the in the world right now i feel like is a is a covid vaccine so when you can just get your name in the mix you never know what can happen and i feel like it's always a good idea to at least have it there because look at look at mackenzie's grandma look at what happened so it's a it's a it's a win-win scenario sometimes and in the long run eventually you're going to get the shot so you might as well just throw your name in the mix and then see what see what happens mm-hmm. as right. wayne gretzky said you miss 100 percent of the shots you don't take or something oh, like that goodness. and then and then michael scott also said that on the office i would say that's hopefully an office reference right there <laughs> 
It absolutely, it absolutely is. Um, just while we're kind of talking about COVID, um, I'm today sure. writing a story on uh, the different guys that Cuomo released for weddings and other catered events, uh, which is a big deal given last year, a lot of people weren't able to, they rescheduled their weddings till this year and stuff. So it's good that we at least have some guidelines coming. Um, there's not a lot of details on those guidelines right now. Um, they're going to be going into effect March 15th. And it's very basic, the things that they released right now. So it's stuff like uh, they're restricted to 50% capacity um, with no more than 150 people. So even if the venue could do 50% of their capacity, that'd be like 200 people. It's still limited to 150. Um, and the biggest component that people are saying is that people will have to be tested beforehand. So that's kind of a, a weird thing. You have to prove that you've had a negative COVID test. And I to a venue owner today who was just concerned about the liability issue with that and what that really mean. Um, so it's something to think about. Mm-hmm. They're also Absolutely. talking about distance dancing. Interesting. 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 Oh my goodness. I wonder what that's like, going to look like. I, I, I look forward to seeing any demo videos that local health departments or that the state, I know the state likes to put out videos of, look at this simple, easy thing that, that you can change about this everyday thing that you're used to, you know? Oh my yeah. goodness. Looking forward what, to it. How to do it in the era of COVID. Yes. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. As far uh, as far as getting new guidance for weddings and stuff like that, I mean, just this week, I mean, we're seeing, at least on the national sports scene, I know um, the New York Knicks and the Brooklyn Nets have actually started to allow fans back into arenas. So getting back to the the normalcy aspect of things that Mackenzie, you had kind of mentioned that a little bit. It's nice to see we are, it does seem to be headed in the right direction. It was weird though, last night, because the, the Nets have been, I mean, the Nets have a super team this year, if anybody is familiar with them. And uh, it's so sad that they don't have any fans in the, in the building. And just the other night they had just 300 people there, but it's better than nothing. But it's still kind of funny that an arena with like, 18,000 capacity just has 300 people just chilling in there. But I, the, the Mackenzie, you said you didn't know like some of the guidelines and stuff, but I know some of the stuff for sports that I'm sure probably will coordinate with weddings and different things like that is I know these fans had to uh, test 72 hours prior to coming to the event and they had to have a negative test. And then they also had to show up and do a rapid test. Um, when they got to the arena, whether it be Madison Square Garden or Barclay Center. Now, obviously, that will be a little bit different for just weddings and whatnot. But still, it's it's it's, it's good to see that we are getting back to some normalcy in a little bit. Yeah, it, it almost feels like the bone of the guidelines out right now. There's like the the meat of it is kind of missing where like like you're giving details about like, like how how many um, days before will you need to have this negative test and, and what counts uh, you need to actually have a rapid test hours before? like, there's not that actual, like con those concrete details yet. Yeah. And people are just concerned because it's not something that their insurance is going co- to cover the cost of all of the vaccines, for their guests at their wedding. So it's going to be a heavy cost for some people. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of questions there right now about what that could be. And actually, kind of jumping off of this whole discussion about a somewhat return to normalcy, the Clinton County Fair officials announced earlier this week that the fair is scheduled to return this summer. For some reason in my notes, I did not write down the exact dates. I know that it starts on July 27th, though. Um, Look at you. Yeah, (laughs) I had everything else except that. 
Um, but uh, I'm told by Mike Ferrati, who's the fair manager, that whatever health guidelines are in place at the time, they will be followed. And the Carnival Operator Amusements of America has their own disinfection process in place. Um, I asked him because I figured people would want to know Jody Messina will not be coming to this year's um, like she was supposed to hit. And I'm, I think Mackenzie, you had tickets to that show, right? Well, a, a friend of mine had she got tickets for her birthday and she was going to bring me. Um, so, I mean, sadder for her than it is for me, but yeah, it's like sad for you. There. It's sad for you, too. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But they do have other live entertainment lined up the, you know, Demolition Derby, which I swear, I think more people go to that every year. At the it's the best event. I, I've never been. I'm almost scared to go. Why? Um, You're not in the car. I know. I know. But like, there's just so many, like, even before I'm like, wow, there's so many people here. Like I, I had uh, friends I worked with when I used to work at Super Shoes who were like, yeah, we're going to get there like three hours in advance for the demolition. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, really? I mean, hey, I have, like, a couple hours for a concert, but not like three hours for a demo derby. <laughs> hey, I, I mean, ultimately the, the nicest thing is just the, just how it's a, it's a good social distancing event. Technically speaking, you're in your car and, and you get to take out all the aggression that the past year has had. So you're oh, just, you're just, yeah, exactly. You're just, just, dis- yeah. you're just destroying people, smashing into other cars. What's oh. not to like? <laughs> yeah. Oh my goodness. Distance for um, the audience members though. It's not the same. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's, you, you yeah. bring up, you, you bring up some salient points there. Yeah. They, uh, Mike didn't really have a ton of specifics yet just because, you know, it's still several months out, but he, he anticipates, you know, that social distancing will have to be a thing. And all that jazz, there's going to be sanitizing stations all around the fair. And other events are going to resume that were canceled last year, like the Plattsburgh Bluegrass Festival. And they're going to have horse shows and a car show. Um, I asked him about the drive-in movies that people started going to last year. And he said those won't be making a comeback because Cumberland 12 is a big supporter of the fair. And they've kind of reopened for business. So they're trying to, to also support Cumberland 12. So, um. You didn't mention the one thing I'm most excited for about the fair, which is food. Is oh yes, the food. Of course, there will be food, Mackenzie. Mackenzie, what's your okay. what's your favorite fair food? Um, well, the fair is where I first discovered um, deep fried Oreos, so I do like Ooh. deep fried. Oreos. Yeah. But um, growing up as a kid, we used to get fried dough with the maple spread on top. That's See, I'm a big fry. I'm a big fried dough guy, but I I just like the the powdered sugar on top. I can't yeah. do I can't do fried dough. Like I it, too heavy. It's not. Yeah, it just doesn't sit well. I don't know if it's the grease. Or oh, okay. That so, but ironically, I I do like when I get like sausage, peppers, and onions, which is also pretty greasy. But <laughs> I would say that's probably more greasy than fried dough. Well, I think I think it's. I don't know what it is, but I just noticed the last couple times I ate it, I just felt ill. And I don't think that it was the particular <laughs> fair vendor. I think it's the food itself. And that that's not just at Clinton County Fair either. That's also at Champlain Valley Fair over in Vermont. So I just, I can't hang, can't hang with the fried dough anymore. I was going to say, it's a care problem, not a fair problem. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> a care problem. I have to say, I don't know if this is a hot take for you guys, but there's been discussions uh, from with, with Jolo in the past on the pod about hot dogs. Uh, you know, hot dogs are a big fair food type of thing. Sometimes I despise the hot dog, despise it. 
Like the hot dog in general or the fair hot dog? Oh, oh just hot dogs in general. But like, you know, I know it's it, hot dogs are big at fairs. I, I am just not a big hot dog fan whatsoever. I'm always, I mean, hold on, Mackenzie is putting up her finger. We have to, we have to go to her. <laughs> don't you eat Michigan's? I feel like yes, I that was my point. at the office before. Okay, ready? Ready? Okay. I have sauce burgers. I have the Michigan sauce with no hot dog. Like a sloppy Joe what? and a hot Yes. Yep. That's what, what that's you guys are like shocked by this. <laughs> I'm stunned. So, so yeah, so I, I do I, not I do not care for hot dogs. Never really have. I have tried them, so I'm not the type of person who just says like, oh I don't like them and I've never tried them. I have tried them. I'm just not a fan of a hot dog. I, I would say that so growing up like my mom like she she just never really like had a good time with red meat so like we would have <laughs> occasionally but we would have like turkey dogs and turkey options or things and i would say like i and i'm not like a a very frequent hot dog eater but my evolution of hot dog eating has actually somewhat intensified as i've grown up so like it was mostly the turkey dogs when i was a kid living at home and you know now <laughs> i'll have like the pork and beef dogs and actually of late i've really liked red hots with my michigans so like those have that snap that, right they do yeah. have this all oh, the crunch is just so uh, <laughs> I love it. See, I, love I, it. I know I, I'm educated about the hot dog. I just, I just don't yeah. like them. Just, just don't like them. I feel like oh. I just like shocked Mackenzie's world by saying, like, she thought all along that I was having hot dogs, but I was just having like <laughs> basically sloppy joes. <laughs> well, no, you're more shocking me by the use of the phrase "the hot dog" rather than just <laughs> hot, dog, hot dog, which is freaking me out. Why? <laughs> what's What's weird about that? The hot dog never heard it but um i i will go on the record and say that i do like my dogs i have in my life and i'm obsessed with them or anything like i don't eat them that often but yep. i mean michigan's or like those little um pretzel covered hot dogs you can get at annie ann's in the mall i love those Ooh. it's so good yeah I, I, I like that uh the super bowl thing when they're in the sauce the pigs a uh, pigs like, oh no, I was going to say pigs in a blanket. Sauce. Uh, I'm trying to remember what the sauce is. I never know what the sauce is, but it always tastes good. It's usually like a mix of like um, ketchup. Yeah, sugar. it must be. It must yeah. be. But I, I'm, I'm here for it. So <laughs> Joey doesn't like hot dogs. Nope. No, I, I always, <clears throat> one of the funniest things is like whenever I'm at, uh, you know, any type of barbecue setting or something like that everybody will be like oh yeah we got hot dogs we got hamburgers and i'll like just immediately go to the hamburger like i won't even consider the hot dog just immediately dash for the hamburger and mm -hmm. i mean with the hamburger slash cheeseburger it doesn't matter like i'll take anything over over a hot dog see i called it just hot dog now mackenzie if that's <laughs> helping you out a little bit yeah but you also called hamburger the hamburger so i just don't <laughs> Well, no, I'm saying, I'm saying like, it's the option. So it's like, I'm, I'm, I'm cutting out the word option, but I'm saying like the hamburger option, the hamburger, the hot dog. Op that's why I'm doing that. I'm just, I'm just trying to save words here. I'm trying to, I'm trying to yeah. be a good, I'm trying to be a good journalist saying, saying my message in the, in the least words possible. Oh, okay. Thanks for, <laughs> thanks for clarifying that with many more words. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> you're very, you're, you're very welcome. That's what the podcast is for. Oh. I just have to say it's interesting that you don't like hot dogs because I know that you're a huge like baseball fan and I feel like that's like a yeah. thing that you eat at a ballpark. Like no. there's literally ballpark Franks. Like I know, and um, it's actually sad. I saw just the other day 
um, Major League Baseball, because of the pandemic and just everything that's gone, it gotten involved with, with uh, for the baseball side of things, they've cut out a lot of minor league baseball teams. And as of now, the Vermont Lake Monsters, which a lot of people uh, are probably familiar with, do not exist anymore. Um, oh, my so God. That's not to say they won't come back. Um, but right now, there is no affiliate. Um, they've been totally cut out. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. But getting back to the hot dog point of why that I brought this up, they would have... <laughs> 25 cent hot dog nights at Vermont Lake monster games. And I would just, I, I never could enjoy that. I just, I, the thought I, I would see people walking around with like eight hot dogs in a, in a cardboard box. And I would just be disgusted. by. It. <laughs> oh my goodness. You're, you're making me wonder about the stadium up in Montreal that was supposed to open up and the Yankees were supposed to play a game last year. What's, what's going on with that? What's the tea? Oh, the, oh, so, oh, good question, Mackenzie. So this, this past. Small stuff. Didn't you, wait, did, hold on, hold on. Didn't you get tickets for your dad to go to that? Yeah. I thought so. I yeah. Um, but so this past year, the Yankees and Blue Jays were supposed to play at the former Montreal Expo Stadium, uh, Olympic Stadium. Um, but because of the pandemic last year, that got canceled. This year, to my knowledge, nothing like that is happening. Um, and also, too, nothing like that is also happening more more so than anything, just because of the fact that there is no there's no fans allowed. Um, well, I shouldn't say that. There's minimal amount of fans allowed um, at different things. So, with that all in mind, just not a good idea to um, be having anything like that. So they're just going to have, to my knowledge, they're just going to have a typical spring training. And then they're going to go into their regular season. But spring training has actually started. I've been seeing a lot of uh, different um, things for my uh, New York Yankees on Twitter and different social medias. And I saw Clint Frazier walking in today with um, Clint Frazier is one of the outfielders for the Yankees. He was walking in with like this very bizarre outfit, but it was like a five second clip on the Yankees Twitter. And there was a Yankees pitcher. I think it was Jordan Montgomery, who is like the most emotionless person that I feel like is on the team. And Clint Frazier walks by, he's strutting in this nice, like comfy Florida type outfit. And uh, Jordan Montgomery goes, you look good, dude. And he's like, thanks, man. And then he just looks at the camera and he, he says, yeah, I'm back. I'm back. He's just such a weird yeah. guy. But baseball's back. I'm super excited for that. And Aaron Judge has new teeth, apparently. That's another big thing going on with the Yankees right now. What do you mean? New teeth. So I don't, so, so it's a huge deal. It's not really, but like it's, it, people are talking about it a lot. He had a gap in his, in his two front teeth yeah. and it was like a very notable thing. He's now like completely has new teeth, like no gap. There's, I feel like they're all new teeth in the front, sparkling white teeth. People are talking about it. It's so weird that like, it's actually become a huge narrative for, for Yankee spring training right now. <laughs> Is that the thinking? What was that, Mackenzie? Did he get veneers like like all? Yes, the that's the word veneers. Okay. Yeah, so he has full on veneer, whatever that is. I heard somebody I heard somebody mention that today. Um, the veneer, it's, it's a it's a huge deal. It's a huge deal. But needless to say, baseball's back. I don't like hot dogs. I don't like the hot dog either. And we will we will we will wrap up that conversation and, and get back to get back to some other news stuff that you guys want to talk about. <laughs> Although that was fun. I love going off the rails like that. Yeah, that was a very fun tangent, I would say. If I can, I wouldn't mind. I have a couple of hospital-related things. to Sure, go ahead. 
so last Friday, um, and it ran in Saturday, the Saturday, Sunday edition, um, we reported that um, 25 staffers at CVPH were out of work due to a COVID-19 outbreak at the facility. So essentially what happened was uh, a, I almost said a student, a patient on the R7 <laughs> medical surgical unit um, was going to be discharged to a congregate living facility. And by the way, you guys, just so you know, you, no people listening cannot uh, see me, obviously, but the reason I switched is because my iPad was running low on batteries. So I switched <laughs> it. But I have a very like constrained, like plug. You do look somewhat like uncomfortable now as you're talking. <laughs> yeah like holding my keyboard up against the iPad in order to keep it from tipping over because it has to be on its side in order for the thing to reach it and still maintain my sound. So anyway, so that's what's happening. But so anyways, a, huh? I was just going to say another, another quick tangent. Why does the, why do Apple products put their charger on the bottom like that for the iPad? It drives me insane. Like when I try to stand it up to I do stuff. I don't know. It does it should make sense. That, that is actually a it legit. Should, yeah, it should be that's a legitimate thought like either you can have like the outlet on the bottom still but create another one i don't know just a secondary yeah. option <laughs> anyway that yeah, was, I, that was, I i thought that before too about my phone and about my ipad so just saying yeah okay so but i'm complaining about hot dogs <laughs> mackenzie's complaining about chargers kara you have you can complain about something if you want later on <laughs> i'll think of something um so okay getting back on track, an R7 <laughs> medical surgical unit patient um, was undergoing routine testing as CVPH does whenever they release someone back to a congregate living facility. That person tested positive, which led to the discovery of a total of six cases, including that person on the R7 medical surge unit. And they call it med surge. And they found out also that one of the R7 patients who tested positive had been on R5 before so that kind of led them to do some digging into when that person was on R5. So essentially that person was positive. And then they also discovered that two weeks before another R5 person had been positive and that two other people who had since been discharged to the community, but had been on R5 had also been positive. So it kind of led to the discovery after of like a small cluster that was connected to it. Um, but essentially through contact tracing, they discovered that about 25 staffers had to be taken out of work. 15 of those had have been fully vaccinated, but according to the state, um, they couldn't be, they couldn't go back to work yet, even though like Clinton County, I know Clinton County Health Department has adopted the guidance where you don't need to undergo quarantine if you're exposed, if you've been fully vaccinated, meaning it's been two weeks since your second dose. And it's been, I think, 90 days since your second dose as well. So um, I haven't had a chance to update with uh, Chris Blake, the hospital spokeswoman about that. But uh, when I last sp uh, spoke with the hospital last week, they still had four COVID positive patients on the unit. They were the only patients on that unit. Um, they weren't moved because those are longer term patients. So they were kind of used to the environment and used to the staff and all that and stuff. But contact tracing had been wrapping up. And one of the big things they emphasize that is that it is still safe to receive care at the hospital to seek care at the hospital. So that's important. Also hospital related and COVID related. Um, both Alice Hyde and CBPH reported first quarter losses. Um, Alice Hyde reported $2.4 million loss and CBPH reported a $4.1 million loss. And they both attributed that largely to lower patient volumes due to the pandemic compared with prior. So that's the sitch with hospitals. Um, Kenzie, did you want to jump in with anything here? Or do you want me to go on? No, I actually, 
mentioned the, you know, the guide from the, that Clayton County has recently um, adapted, um, adopted, adapted. Oh my gosh. I was going to say that Vermont has, has also adopted that, that guidance. So basically if you're fully vaccinated, so that two weeks after you've had the COVID vaccination, um, you can travel to Vermont again and not have to quarantine when you get there. So that's pretty cool. I was going to throw that out. Yeah. So that means I, I can go to Olive Garden. You and Olive Garden. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> I love the Olive Garden. The Olive Garden. Like you're you're Italian. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So how how do you how do you think Olive Garden compares to like legit Italian food? Good good question. So it it doesn't it doesn't it it, it it's <laughs> It's kind of like fast food, Italian food, in my opinion. Um, but like, I still enjoy it. Um, but like, okay. if there's an actual Italian restaurant compared to Olive Garden, I'm obviously going to the, you know, the, uh, you know, legitimate Italian restaurant compared to Olive Garden. But I love Olive Garden. I wish there was an Olive Garden here here in the Plattsburgh area. And um, for anybody listening who has the decision making power to bring Olive Garden to Plattsburgh, um, I will support that. <laughs> you play you put in Mickey's? I've gone to Mickey's, yeah. Mickey's is or good. Ar- I like Mickey's. Yeah, Mickey's and Mickey's and Arnie's. I like um I mean both are actually pretty good. I, I like Arnie's. Um I've probably been to Arnie's more than I have been to Mickey's. Um but Arnie's is really good. I like uh with Arnie's one of my favorite things to get there is actually their um uh, it's just a tra- traditional thing. It's nothing crazy, it's just their, you know, spaghetti meat sauce um i really like their sauce there you get bread salad just just a typical like nice little lunch type of thing honestly that's usually one of their lunch specials get something like that is always really good um mickey's same thing i've got one of my mickey's makes actually pretty good chicken parm and like i'm a huge chicken parm guy so um that's one of that's one of my favorite things there um but yeah no both of those places are really good so i mean if if you were to tell me like okay, there's an Olive Garden, there's a Mickey's and there's an Arnie's and like, I want legitimate Italian food Then I'm probably going to like one of the two local establishments compared to Olive Garden. But at the same time, like Olive Garden's great. Like it serves a, pur- it serves a purpose. Like it's great. So, I mean, the bread, the, the, the never ending breadsticks. I mean, who, who can complain about that? We are, lit- we are, by the way, we are legitimately just turning this into a food podcast, which is awesome. <laughs> I don't hate it. <laughs> but actually, actually I, I did want to know, speaking of, and I don't know if Mackenzie, you had this in your notes, speaking of restaurants with a Mediterranean flavor, Aleka's is back on the scene and I am overjoyed because I love their food. Um, still doing just takeout, I believe, but uh, they reopened this week, hoping to snag some of that, st- some of that good stuff this weekend, probably an early dinner so they don't run out. But yeah, I'm really, I just wanted to say that I'm very excited. Welcome back, Alecas. Me too. I've had Alecas since before the pandemic because every time I've tried to, they've been sold out or I'm just going out for the first time. So I need to, I need to get myself together and get some Alecas soon. Why do they, why do they sell out so fast? Is that just, they're always just so busy? They're, They're, They're super popular. Yeah. Yeah. I can't, I can't say like I'm a huge like Mediterranean food because they're they're Greek food, right? Greek and a little bit of Italian. Yeah, I'm too. not I'm not huge into like the Greek food too much. Um, it's nothing against Alekas or anything. That's just not really my style. Um, but 
I, I feel like I've maybe had stuff there once or twice, but I can't complain about anything I've had there. It, ha- it has been good. So, I mean, for people who really like it, you're probably going through withdrawal. <laughs> yeah, I, I could have their pita and tzatziki sauce every day for the rest of my life, and I would be fine. I just, ugh. What was that word? So, tzatziki? T- I, I might not even be saying it right. Tzatziki. I mean, you'd probably so, say it better I, than me. It's like a yogurt and garlic sauce. It's oh, like okay. a dip, basically. So right. like you, like I, I love hummus obviously, but especially from Aleka's that's Tiki has a very, very special place in my heart. So <laughs> we're, we're not, not to betray our strategy, but we're planning an early dinner ordering so that way we can ensure that we get it. So, <laughs> so yeah, eating a little early on Saturday, probably. Early bird well, special. Yes, exactly. Mackenzie, um, I didn't mean to interrupt you, by the way, by going about Olive Garden. Did you have something else to say after that? <laughs> I don't think so. I was just wondering about Mickey's because then I tried their um, their Alfredo sauce not that long ago, and it's actually very good, I was just going to say. So oh, it's, okay. it's, ooh, I haven't had their Alfredo yet. Good. good. Anything else that we want to hit upon before we kind of wrap things up? Sure, Anything I that we're working on and be- stuff? <laughs> I mean, we've got the progress edition coming out. Um, I'll be doing, sto- I'm doing a story on, you know, COVID vaccine, because that's a big progress, in my opinion. And, um, and probably a lot of people's opinion, actually. And then also the status of Clinton Community College's more building renovations. And Mackenzie, what are you doing for progress again? Yeah, so I did a story on the Pfizer property out in Rouse's Point and the progress it's made um, out there. And then I also did a couple of city ones. One is um, some DRI updates on the Durkee Street parking lot and the Arts Park that's coming in. And then the city's harbor side where it's farmer's market is going to be um, where the wastewater treatment plant is and stuff like that. So yeah, Mm -hmm. that's going to be coming out this weekend, I believe. Yeah, I saw Ben Watson was designing it yesterday. Mm -hmm. Starting to design it, I should say. I think it goes to print a little bit later this week. Because what Mm -hmm. was your was all the deadlines for the actual stories like yesterday? Uh, Technically, yeah, but I still have one. (laughs) Uh, uh oh, we called you out. (laughs) Okay, that's not that's not that's not terrible then. Yeah, but Ben Watson was working on that yesterday. I know he's working on it a little bit more today. if I can hit upon some sports stuff briefly and I'll probably expand upon it more in, uh-huh. in the next segment with Joe and, and Ben Rowe and uh, whoever else have we have on. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I'll let First you do your all, thing. <laughs> I went to a fundraiser announcement last week. Cute cow kissing photos on our website. Saw that. The Adirondack region. They raised $6,700 for homelessness prevention. They exceeded their last year's uh, annual campaign goal. It's cool. Check it out. But, Registered voters of Clinton County and actually Essex and Franklin counties for part of this. Village elections are coming up on March 16th. We have, you know, articles on who the candidates are for the various villages on our website, pressrepublican.com. And typically what we do is for the contested races in particular, we're going to be putting out profiles. So keep an eye out for that. And then also Clinton County registered Democrats and Republicans specifically on March 6th and 13th from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. in the Clinton County Government Center parking lot at 137 Market Street. That was not in my notes. I remember all that stuff. Yay. Wow. Um, you can go and sign <laughs> petitions because the um, party chairs and party leadership, um, party committee members really wanted to, 
you know, allow the local politicians to get all the signatures that they need in order to get on the ballots, but also be as safe as possible and minimize the, you know, door to door campaigning that you typically see when people are trying to get signatures. So um, keep in registered Democrats and Republicans, mark your calendars for that, because that's very important. Participate. Democracy. Yay. Oh, and absolutely. How m- <laughs> and now me whispers. <laughs> so I'm just going to keep it brief. I'll, I'll expand upon it in the in the next segment. But um, good news uh, for everything actually coming back. So all Section 7 uh, high school, varsity, junior varsity modified, all those sports, um, any risk level, they are all back with the exception of wrestling. Like I had hit upon uh, last episode, wrestling is obviously not not a thing. That's probably a smart idea right now. Um, but tonight, um, we're recording this on Wednesday. It'll be out tomorrow. Um, tonight there's a full slate of basketball games, hockey games. Um, I think there's some bowling going on today. I actually think there's a boys swim meet between, um, Osable Valley and Franklin Academy. And I do believe, yeah, that's pretty much, I think that's it for today. Um, but then also big news from Tuesday was Plattsburgh state and SUNY as a whole, the, uh, the state university of New York athletic conference, which nobody actually says, but I just did. Um, they are going to have a spring season and they are going to have all their spring sports, including women's tennis, which is actually a fall sport, but got moved to the spring this year because of the pandemic. I'll be to see if tennis actually remains a spring sport because it, at the height for here in, in high school that's usually when it is anyway so okay. uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens there but um plattsburgh state will have a spring sports season everything is going to start on march 20th um the first game will actually be the plattsburgh state women's lacrosse team hosting Cortland um right at the plattsburgh state fieldhouse athletic complex so that'll be exciting and um, yeah, I went to an actual live press conference yesterday, in-person press conference. Super weird, um, but it was socially. Isn't it? It's, Isn't it? It, it was weird. It was really weird, but everything was like socially distanced, spaced out. Everything was fine. Um, everybody was wearing masks, and everybody was just super excited because we're almost approaching a year since, um, for Plattsburgh State specifically, that they had to tell all their of their athletic programs that they couldn't. Um, have a they couldn't continue their spring season and for the plaster state women's hockey team even their winter season so almost a year later we went from the most devastating news plaster state has had to now the most exciting news plaster state has had in quite some time and uh, for all suny students as well student student athletes i should say so with that in mind super exciting um, I will hit upon more of what the season will look like at Plattsburgh State as well as Section 7 in the next segment. Um, but before we finish things up, anything else, Kara? Uh, do you have any complaints? Mackenzie and I have already listed our complaints. Do you have anything you would like to gripe about in the final two minutes here? Kara <laughs> um, did complain about fried dough, I will say. Yeah, I oh, did true. fried dough, yes, how I can't <laughs> handle fried dough. So my complaint has already been logged, but thank you for the opportunity. All right, so we have aired the grievances uh, for Festivus um, way too early this year, um, but that works out. So are we good otherwise? Is there anything else that we need to include? I think that we're all set. Yeah, okay. I think we covered it. Check out Republican.com for your latest news. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. All right, so stay tuned. Second segment coming up, Jolo, Benro. We'll see what they have to say. They're always interesting characters. And we're back, Editor-in-Chief Joe Templio, 
Night Editor Ben Rowe. I'm Sports Editor Joey LaFranca. How we doing, boys? Joey Bats, doing good? Ben, how are you? I'm still thinking about one rejected intro that you did, and we're... Nope. <laughs> why you gotta bring that up? <laughs> why you gotta bring up our faults? It's not as weird as your last noise that you made when Joe said Happy Valentine's Day. Oh, that was a classic. <laughs> so strange. No, you, you, you know, nail gotta, every intro now. Yeah. Yeah. And we're back. Oh, uh, we, we got it all nailed down. I mean, yeah, 29 yeah, yeah. episodes in, I'd hope we have it done. 29 episodes. I'll have you boys know. <laughs> Today... February 24th. Yes. A special day. How so? For many reasons. Number one, it's Jack Down's birthday. I Ooh. saw that. Uh, and it's also the day the Winter Olympics in Lake Placid ended in 1980, 41 ah. years ago, when the USA clinched the gold medal by beating Finland 4-2 to yep. after upsetting the Russians uh, in the Miracle Okay, Olympics. but Joe, what about the 1981 Winter Olympics? I yeah, don't so, remember those. So if, so if Ben's going to call me out by saying I, I messed, up, messed up on something that was not even recorded on the podcast, I'm going to call him out. He almost made an epic blunder that you, I don't even think, knew about in the paper the other day. With the statue story? Yes, with the mm-hmm. statue story. He's First of all, it said, in the headline, it said, uh, uh, it I'll happened it today, up. in the headline, mm-hmm. like the Miracle on Ice happened today. When it was going to appear in the paper, it would the have actually after. been the next day. Mm. So that was an issue. And then I told Ben to change that. And he's like, oh, good catch. And then he changes it. And I said, so, Ben, what'd you put for the headline? And then he goes, uh, something, something, 1981. And I was like, no, 1980. <laughs> so, I mean, good God. 1981 Olympics. It's we a, work together. It's a, good, it's a good thing you got the sports editor looking over the news pages every night. Like, there's a lot of value in that. I don't know if that far, but again, recreating. Do you realize how much crap we would have gotten from people if that had run as 1981? Recreating reality. We get. 1981 Olympics, we got the Golden Crown over in um Oh yes, Potsdam. the Golden Crown Potsdam. Right? <laughs> I, I said to, when when we were doing the Mother's Day series in May, I don't know if you know this story either, Joe. Ben was doing a story on give a brief synopsis of that story. That there's a family that had to travel very far for in vitro fertilization. Okay. So he said that there was he wrote the Golden Corral in Potsdam and I said wow there's a golden crown in Potsdam I didn't know and, and then Ben, ben like, and then wait. Ben is like wait uh, <laughs> and he looks it up there's no golden crown in Potsdam <laughs> it ended up being the golden crown Syracuse which yes. was around oh. their travel trip a L- yes, little bit further than Potsdam we would have had people looking for the <laughs> legendary golden <laughs> crown oh, that would have been fake news yeah <laughs> very fake news we don't want that um, but anyway, yeah. <laughs> we, we always we always end up we always have to, we have to get to food at the start of the podcast. Oh, oh <laughs> you guys don't know this because the first segment, tons of food conversation with Kara, Kara and Mackenzie. That's tons. Good. That's good. I, by the way, Joe, I, I attacked hot dogs a little bit. That's your actually, hot dog. Actually, honestly, I attacked it quite a bit. Mm, not so <laughs> no, But anyways, the real anniversary date. Yes, yeah, nineteen eighty. Uh, February 24th, yes. which is today. Yep. You'll be hearing this on the podcast tomorrow. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jeez. Hi. Uh, what is time? <laughs> the very first day I started here at the Press Republican wow. full-time in the newsroom. Wow. On the Olympic day or on the same day? 1986. Mm. That's awesome. I started part-time in November of 85 in the sports department. Yep. For four bucks an hour. 
And it's only five now. And <laughs> 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 a bargain it is. <laughs> and a few months later, they uh, uh, got hired as a full-time news reporter in the news side of February 24th, 1986. was my first day. And I remember I came into work. We worked 2 to 10.30 mm-hmm. those days. Yep. Um, no, everybody did. Um, and I remember I came in at 2 o'clock, and it was Jack Down's birthday, uh-huh. our ah, former hey. colleague. Uh-huh. And the first thing we did was we had a cake for Jack Downs. <laughs> so 10 minutes on the job, and I'm eating cake. Yes. And I thought, hey, this ain't bad. It's hard to eat pizza. Yeah. So that would be 35 years yes. in the newsroom. I have a very interesting question. When you wow. start, eight, so 35 years ago, what were you typing on? What were you making? What were you putting stories on? We had these uh, systems at our desks. Yes. Um, they were... Huge. They were like egg shaped. Okay. Um, these oval, big tubes, big screens. <laughs> they were essentially glorified word processors. Yeah. That's it. I mean, we typed our stories on the screen, uh-huh. and I guess we filed them. Somewhere. Yeah. How, how, did, how did that go? About? <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. The system was, you know, the, that back computer room that was there, yep. and everything was in there. But they were huge. They were like egg shaped. They were weird. And um, we did our stories on that. But we still had the uh, AP and UPI, even yep. ticker tape oh, wow. um, stuff that would come in. And the photo machine, the AP photos would come over, kind of like a fax machine now. <laughs> I, st- I, don't, I still don't know how to use a fax machine. <laughs> <laughs> somebody, said once, somebody said to me once, yeah, I'm going to fax it to you. I said, um, no, don't do that. <laughs> and we had, there were still typewriters in the room. I was going to make a joke about typewriters, but that was actually that was true. Yeah. So you actually had typewriters. Yeah, we did. And did you use any typewriters, we or used did you use the for, word processor? Um, if you had to send somebody correspondence, yep, you used the typewriter. Interesting. Uh, oh, fancy letters. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. a shame they didn't like keep one for posterity's sake. There might be ones around here somewhere. You think so? We still have the giant microfilm. Yeah. Box. Yeah. <laughs> So, 35 years. Congratulations, Joe. I think, what, 35 years, like you get a bottle of wine or something like that? (laughs) That's wild. That, I mean, yeah, to to just think how much just technology-wise things have evolved, let let alone everything else, is is insane. I mean, mean, we had the the dark room. Yep. Dave Pazak, our photo editor, would take his pictures, go into the dark room, develop his film. Yep. Um, we would uh, load the cameras with the bulk roller loader. Sure. Um, all that stuff. Hey, we're still using that film. <laughs> yeah. With the look back. That's yeah, true. we're using the look back. <laughs> fil- we're, yeah, with the flashback photos and everything like that. And and speaking of uh, sports look back photos, before we go any further, I teased it in the first segment. I just wanted to expand upon um, Plattsburgh State's return to. Spring sports, um, so the news yesterday, like I had said earlier on in the podcast, um, the press confer- there was a press conference um, at Plattsburgh State. They announced that all spring sports will return, in- including women's tennis this year because women's tennis, typically a fall sport, has actually been moved to the spring this year. So, Joe, your, your, your good friend Chris Waterbury will be busy this spring. He's going to have to come back from Florida. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he will be, he will be uh, busy this spring as well. But... Um, the sports involved are baseball, softball, men's and women's track and field, men's and women's lacrosse, and women's tennis. And um, it's, it's very exciting for these, for these student-athletes. Um, just as much as we've talked about the Section 7 student-athletes, the college student-athletes have been affected just as much. 
So with Plattsburgh State, the main thing that we're going to see moving forward is there are so many protocols, so many different health protocols that were that that are going to be included, including testing, mask wearing. Interesting thing about the mask wearing though, when somebody is actually competing out on the field or practicing, no masks are required. I saw that. We have not seen that yet in any type of protocols, um, which is very interesting. Um, but I also think that some athletes will still opt to wear the masks, which they're, they are able to do. But I will be interested to see who opts to wear them, who opts not to. Um, the most interesting takeaways in terms of if COVID affects any of these programs. So say there is a positive COVID case on the Plattsburgh State baseball team. That does not mean like athletics shut down as a whole. That means the Plattsburgh State baseball team will be on pause for a certain amount of time while the rest of the athletics will continue, uh, well, the rest of the programs will continue moving on. Now, if there is a shutdown for athletics as a whole, that will be determined by the institution, so, so SUNY Plattsburgh, in addition to the Clinton County Health Department and what threshold their numbers have been, whatever threshold has been established that said, okay, if COVID numbers exceed this threshold, then we must shut down. And, and uh Plaster State Athletics will follow suit. That's how that's going to work at this point. So there is no scenario where a certain amount of COVID cases would just make Plaster State Athletics shut down. It's going to be shut down, if anything, by various guidelines that have already been established. Um, But needless to say, at the press conference yesterday as well um, that I attended, uh, student-athletes are very excited. Isalyn McDonough, uh, Plaster State women's track athlete, who's a former Northeastern Clinton grad, um, as well as Eric Mass, a Plaster State uh, baseball player. They are both very excited. Um, the most interesting thing from the athletic perspective that um, Iceland had, had given was she said they will never take any of this for granted. And not to say that they were before, but everybody just has such a new perspective on everything. And I think she said that it's a privilege what they're able to do, and it is. It absolutely is. Um, but it's something that we're so happy to see these student-athletes be able to do again. And hopefully moving forward, um, things are here to stay this time. And things just continue to go up and up. Because COVID cases are going down a little bit. They're not, it's certainly not gone. Um, but Plattsburgh State Athletics will be back and we'll be interested to see what will be going on. And the first game will be March 20th. Plattsburgh State Women's Lacrosse will be hosting Cortland. Um, that's wonderful news for the student athletes and for you know the athletic community at the college in general. I I noticed it was interesting that the SUNYAC did a press conference at Oswego. Yes. What, did every campus have their own simultaneously? No. So the main announcement was uh, so how do you say his name? Jim what? Malatras. Jim Malatras, the SUNY <laughs> Chancellor. Okay. So he had a press conference at uh, SUNY Oswego at Romney Fieldhouse. And I'm um, guessing because that was kind of central. Yeah, it just was the location where they decided to do it. It could have been anywhere. But I so would be he, curious to know if Plattsburgh State was was given consideration as a possible site for that. Yeah, it, it certainly, it, it, I guess it really depends on what his schedule was, but it seems like he's been up here a lot in the past. Mm-hmm, right. um, but so they had a press conference where the SUNY Chancellor actually announced the return of sports, things would be able to get going. And then Plattsburgh State had a press conference a couple hours later just to specify how Plattsburgh State's going to operate, what the testing is going to look like. Um, And the testing, by the way, for student-athletes to what I was told yesterday is Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, boom, boom, boom. They're tested every day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And additional testing could happen 
um, if there are weekend games or something like that. Because you have to think Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, okay, good, they're being tested on those days. But uh, Thursday, Friday, then you have a game on Saturday, and eh, that's opening up a little margin for error in terms of potential test uh, cases going undetected because there's no testing. So that is the most interesting thing that I think there is as far as that's concerned. Now, do we know that if any kids that were seniors last spring yeah. and missed out mm-hmm. are still here and able to play? Yes, there are actually some specifically on the Plattsburgh State baseball team. By the way, Plattsburgh State baseball has 45 players on their roster. 45? And not one to what I've been told wow. will be cut. Um, they will all be on the team. Um, now, well, obviously, after the ball game. obviously playing to 40, 45, Ben, for, large, for yes. <laughs> it's, it's unheard of. I, I'm, I'm pretending to understand what that number means. Yes, that's, that's unheard of. Normally um, it's 25. Yeah, oh, some, something like that. So, I mean, there's only nine, there's only nine people who can be on the field. So, um, that is, it's going to be a very interesting thing to see moving forward. But there are a couple seniors from different sports who were extended that extra year of eligibility because of what happened the past year with the pandemic. Um, and it's good to see. Um, I mean, I know, if, I can't remember his name, but uh, Plaster Statement's uh, baseball coach, Chris Dory, had told me that he had one player who literally stayed this past fall and spring season. He's been working at, I think, a grocery store or something and just taking enough credits to qualify as a college student to play one final year of, of baseball at the collegiate level, which that's why they're doing this. They're doing it for the student athletes. And I feel like that is the most important thing to take away from all of this. All the protocols, all the testing, everything that the decision makers have done to try and put this together is all for the student athletes to have a chance to compete at what they love. Um, and that's such a big takeaway. Yes, uh, good for them. And now normally college sports around here, first week in May, they're done. Is yes. the season going to be extended? Nope, it's it's going to be about it's going to be the same type of thing first or second week of May and then pff, that's it. Um that's usually what it is anyways. Yeah. So, we're seeing Mar- a March 20th start date um and and one of the important things to take away from what this season will look like. Um there are no spectators by the way. So, no mm-hmm. spectators can go to any of this at this time. But spectators were not ruled out altogether. So maybe down the road, if things continue to show positive signs, spectators will be allowed eventually. Streaming, right? Yes, everything will be streamed. So, you know, Ben Rowe, I know he's a huge uh, lacrosse fan. Um, he'll be able stream to... Stream on Twitch? Yep, stream on Is Twitch. It? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but maybe you'll be able to go and attend a lacrosse game, Ben. Um, by the way, Ben has... No, he's not a hey, lacrosse guy. Hey, <laughs> I know lacrosse. Wellsboro actually yeah? pretty well known oh, for lacrosse. Oh, good, cross. good. Mm-hmm. That's even better. Shout out to the Bark Eaters. Um... But the main, the main, the main thing. There's no spectators, but at the same time, there will be um, uh, all conference season with the potential for a couple non-conference opponents. Be interesting to see what non-conference opponents can be played against, and it'll be interesting to see if it's the same Clinton County, Franklin County, um, Essex County type of concept as who they can play. Um, well, and for Plattsburgh State, Vermont is usually a big draw. Vermont is a big draw. And for the spring sports, some of the other big draws are St. Lawrence, Clarkson, and um, actually, yeah, basically those those two schools. So they're not doing their Florida trips? They are not doing the Florida trips. Okay. No, abso- no that, that is absolutely not happening this year. And they are using Interstate 81 as the dividing line from the East and West division that they have set up to cut down on travel and limit overnight stays as well. Yeah. So it's going to be weird to a certain extent, but it's also going to be great to see people actually back. And there is actually also the possibility of a postseason um, for various sports, which is also great to see. So 
a lot of things pointing up and up at Plattsburgh State, as well as Section 7 athletics. And, and we've talked I, about Section 7 athletics already, so everybody I, knows yeah, what's going on there. I think it's a step in the right direction. Um, it's good to see. Um, yeah, in Section 7, um, many schools are, are in the midst of playing right now. Um, today, Wednesday, mm-hmm. we did hear about the, sh- the school board vote in Chattagay, mm. which voted 5-2 to two not to participate in sports. Yeah, Some people were upset by that, and they were picketing on uh, the main drag of Chattagay today. Mm-hmm. The district sent out a lengthy statement saying, we understand, we know the value of sports, but... The health of the students is a priority, and that comes first. Sure. And um, they didn't want to take any chances. It is controversial, these types of things, this time of, you know, with what we're going through. But it's kind of hard to fault the school board for looking out for uh, students' well-being. Well, here's a random question, Joe. In your experience, you've been in these kind of situations longer than Joey and I have. It seems as though in the past year, given the Black Lives Matter situation last summer, um, COVID things, that kind of thing, seems like people are really much more easily motivated to picket lately. Do you sense in the past year that there's been a couple more? Because in years past, I don't recall. I mean, it, it, it's one of those things that I think kind of goes in cycles. Um, we have seen them in the past, maybe not to the extent that we've seen them this past year, like you say. But yeah, that could be a new trend. Which is nice to, and you know, no matter Speaking what the cause out, is, yeah. yeah, get out there, put your put some skin in the game, and <laughs> stand out in the. Well, today wasn't too cold, but um, still, today was actually and, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you got to pick it, but yes, yeah, so um, but yeah, but again, people speaking their minds. You know, I always say that you know, being a school board member is a very thankless job. Yes, no matter what you do. Somebody's going to be angry with you. Well, there's not many things that people can think of to thank their school board for, even though the school board does a ton of usually good stuff for the district. So, Yeah, so today um, they're not happy in Chattagay, Joey. No, and I, the, the main takeaway that I have from all of this is Chattagay is such a uh, – they're, they're a big basketball town. Um, and uh, basketball, speaking from somebody who – Pretty good soccer, ha- too. Yeah, soccer as well. I'm oh, just speaking for the winter, though. Um, I remember class D, right? Yes, um, and I remember um, being a player. Actually, I'm sorry. I don't think I ever was playing when I I never played against Shadowgate. But I remember a couple years ago coaching at Seton. Um, our JV team went up there, and um, it was a Saturday, and we just had a extra game built in. Shadowgate is not in our league or anything like that. And um, we went up there. It was a Saturday. I think we played at like 10 o'clock. whole town was there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's such a big thing. It's just a JV basketball game, too. It wasn't even a varsity game. Um, and it was really funny because that I remember that year, Chattagay had a lot of kids who could, like, shoot the three. Um, and they were all pretty small. They, none of them were too big. And um, my team had a couple sequoia trees, um, one, one kid specifically. Um, he, uh, his name was Tristan. He actually now plays um, football at St. Lawrence. I believe St. Lawrence, yes. Um, but I'll never forget, uh, there were times where Chattagay would be pressing us, and I would say to Tristan, Tristan, you get the ball, and you take it up the court, and you get it up there. And he's like, okay, coach. And uh, he uh, got the ball up the court and uh, steamrolled a couple of kids, and you know, just because he's pure, pure strength. And I'll never forget it because Science. the Chattagay crowd would always be like, 
ah, get number 33, get him, get him. <laughs> and it would be really cute. Um, but mob. He, I remember, I, I'll never forget that. And it's it wasn't anything, it wasn't anything, you know, hostile or anything. It, it sounds a little, it sounds a little crazy, but that's just basketball. Like everybody's used to that. But my point being basketball means so much to that community. And it to, does. To know that they won't be able to, at this point at least, have, have basketball. Hopefully things will change for the spring. Um, but was, to, um, to know they won't have basketball is, is very unfortunate. Um, Coach Coach O'Neill, I think it was. Yep. Went on to coach D one college, yeah. NBA. Uh, oh, Shattergate has had some yes. very very good, very um, storied very, history. Yeah, very good, very good basketball players, and I hope um, everybody understands that we've said this in the past. There's no wrong way to handle the pandemic. Yeah, it's really what's more in your comfort zone, but. You can understand the frustration because all around Chattagay, including other places in Section 10, you know, they're, they're doing various sports, but Chattagay has opted not to. And it's tough, it's tough to be the, 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 the group of people who says no to something that across the street, you know, hypothetically speaking, they're doing the same thing that you're, that you're, that you're being told you can't do. Um, and that, that, I think, is the most frustrating thing from all of this. If, it, if everybody was still not playing any sports, it would be like, all right, whatever. Um, there would still be some frustration, but at least everybody would kind of be miserable together in a sense. Well, but I, that's not the case now. And, and, and I think, uh, y- you know, Franklin County, in recent months, they've had struggles with COVID. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yes. They're up to 13 deaths now. Yep. So it's, you know, it's on people's minds. They're very concerned about it. Um, the people in Chattagay, again, it's a small town. Um, uh, and the school board's looking out for their health and safety. But it, it, I do feel for the kids. Oh, I mean, absolutely. It, it, it's, it's unfortunate. Um, when are we going to have a story that we can just have on a big day in Chattagay? Well, Chattagay, yeah. shout out to Chattagay. A lot of cool things in Chattagay. Billy Jones is from Chattagay. Hey. Um, and they have great cheese. That's true. McAdams Cheese Factory. Famous. They have, they have a cheese what? factory? Yes, mm-hmm. McAdams. Oh. I had no idea. Um, what else is, do we know about Chattagay? <laughs> <laughs> ben, ben Watson's, Watson's from Chattagay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's, I mean. Shout out to Chattagay. Yeah. I, I, can't, I can't say Chattagay is a place that I've spent a lot of time, but when I do, it's always in, basically, the only reason I go up there is in regard to sports. So for that, I, I spent time there. You have? Well, I, I have in-laws in Malone and St. Lawrence County, okay. so we drive so, through there all the, the time. The, ta- the, the tone that you had, it made it sound like you were having some, Recreational activities or something you were going to tell us about. In, in, it was, tr- no, it was, it was a it was a troubling tone. <laughs> yeah, I threw it all the time. Threw it all the time. Uh, they have good Michigans in Chattagay. Do they? Actually, yes. Oh well, that will uh, fit the theme of what we discussed earlier in the pod. I can't wait for you guys to listen to the first part of it. Hot Mac- dogs. Mackenzie was just shocked about something. She was shocked by the fact. Well, I kept saying. Um, the hot dog because I was just kind of talking about it. and she's she said I'm not really disappointed that you um you, you don't like hot dogs. dogs she's like I'm more concerned that you're saying the hot dog and I said well what's wrong with that and it just became a whole thing um, but earlier on in the show uh, to catch Joe and Ben up I complained about hot dogs uh, Mackenzie complained about how when you try and plug in your Apple device, whether it be an iPhone or, or an iPad, there's no charger on the side. Yep. So you can't, like, really 
do nope. this and like do any type of video at the same time if it's plugged in. Ah. So she's she she's demanding that there be a charger on the side of a, of a device. I think you can buy chargers that are like side chargers. And and honestly, <laughs> the, and honestly, the part that was you guys might find most alarming was Kara said she does not like fried dough because we were talking about the Ooh. Clinton County Fair. Ooh. Ah. Is that alarming to you, Joe? Um, doesn't like the taste of it, or the she said it doesn't. Health she said impact. it doesn't sit well with her. You know, I can see that. Yeah, yes, because, it's, it's a very. But, the, but then she went on to say she big likes blob of dough, yes, but then, solid fried and lard. <laughs> but then, she, but then she went on to say that she likes sausage and peppers. Mm, so which is also a lot of it's yeah. A, so it's an interesting dilemma. So hearty meal. We I had, mean, you certainly, if you have them both together, then you're going to be sitting in the porta potties fair for most of your. Oh business. yes, or sleep on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> we had a. We had a unique um, <clears throat> festivus theme type of airing of grievances early on, early on in the show. Right. Well, speaking of airing of grievances, yes. to tie into our athletic theme, I want to ask a question. Sure. You might have noticed me looking at this in the studio. It's the fact that I want your gentlemen's honest opinions. What do you think about the proposed design for the Miracle Night? Oh, I'm glad statue? you brought that up. Uh, I, I like it. I you like, like it. it. And, Interesting. Um, Why? You know, we we did a big story about um, in uh, yesterday's paper. Um, in Tuesday's. Yes. Yes. The uh, a statue has been commissioned for the miracle to honor the miracle on ice. Uh, yes. In the nineteen eighty eighty Winter Olympics. And it shows the teammates. <laughs> Kind of huddling after their victory, right? It they, was when they, they were on the podium. They won the gold medal. They were, were uh, at the medal ceremony. They had the captains from each team stand on the podium. And after the Star Spangled Banner was played, Mike Ruzioni, the captain, called all his teammates up onto the podium with him. And they all crammed together on top of the podium. And that's what that picture there is of the, the uh, statue. The statue, by the way, will cost an estimated between two point five and three million dollars. Wow, that's where, a lot of gold medals. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't read the story. Uh, I'm sure it was put in there. Um, but where is it going to be? Right outside the Olympic Center. Okay. Uh, the arena where it was. Okay. And the the fundraising effort. Um, it, this has support from a lot of uh, organizations, including Northway uh, Brewery, Northway Beverages Brewery. Who created a new beer, Miracle Gold? Part of the proceeds from the sales of the beer will go towards the statue. I'm oh. curious to see what the beer tastes like. <laughs> yeah, that's it tastes like America, Joe. <laughs> Golden. <laughs> um, so my thought on it when I when I when I saw it, I was like, all right, it's it's unique. It's interesting that the photo that they're kind of using as the to to show the people model. what it's going to look like. Mm. They're showing it from the top. I'm curious to see what it will look like when you're just looking at it straight on. Mm -hmm. Because my concern is it's just a bunch of, if you look at it from straight on, if you're on the ground. Bunch of bodies. It's just going to be a bunch of bodies. You're not really going to be able to see the facial expressions as much of people. That would be my main concern. It looks like some of the heads toward the front are a bit shorter than, so, so there's like a view there that okay. you could... Maybe do see. you see what I do? You see what I mean, though, Joe? Is do the, you see yeah. like imagine? Yeah. So there is a yeah. view there that you can see the guy in the middle. I I mean I think it's cool, but that if I had to have a concern about anything, that would be my concern. My thought, my question is: Is it going to be colored? 
or is it going to be this slate gray statue? Because or bronze, or yeah. bronze it would whatever be, it, it is. would be pretty cool if, if it was colored. Yes, because my concern is just the fact that there's something kind of ghostly about it when they don't have colors. And when I saw it at first, it kind of looks like like somebody being mobbed by like zombies. This <laughs> 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 is a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> It, that, do, it does a little bit, <laughs> but I'm sure the finished product will be... Iconic. Yes. Yes. And, and yeah, and I like the idea of the fact that so many of the Olympic... Um, I mean, the Olympic Park, or whatever it's referred to up there, um, all the Olympic buildings, they're, they're historic. They're very pleasant to look at, but it's very, um, it's very stoic. It's very, you know, architecture. We need something that has some... Like some people on that kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, so I'm a little it's, surprised. It's, it's lively. Been, it's been 41 years. It was a monumental achievement. I'm surprised mm-hmm. there, it wasn't a statue mm-hmm. um, already commissioned. You're, yeah, you're, you're right. Americans love statues. I feel like maybe the reason that it there's already maybe the reason that it wasn't a monument was because the rink itself is kind of like mm-hmm. a, a, such a such a cherished place that. You know, you just look at you just look at the building. You look, you go inside, you see the rink, and it's like, wow, this is where it happened. It's like, do you need yeah. a, do you need a monument to realize the the magnitude of what happened? If, if after the, the Olympics were done, they hypothetically tore down the ice rink, then yes, I would think they would build something. Yeah, else yeah, too. yeah, exactly. Like if it was just all of a sudden like put away. Yeah, yeah that that that's a really good point. Then um, also, just a shout out. I mean, if if anyone from around here hasn't been up there, I mean. I've only been up there, I think, like once or twice in my whole life. It is cool to go up there and watch the cliff and see the. You've only been to Lake Placid once or twice. The, in the, the Olympic places. Oh, oh, okay, mm-hmm. okay. Yes. Yeah. I've been to the town plenty of times, but sure, to go sure. up and see the history and it feels cool. <laughs> yeah, oh, oh, absolutely. We're lucky to have that in our region. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it, it provides so many unique stories and different things like that for us to cover that we wouldn't. I mean, WHL for what it was worth. I mean, was was mm-hmm. pretty awesome and. Uh, just in the past, I can remember, what, two years ago now, I got to go do a story about the Stanley Cup and the guys who actually watch over the cup and they're the keepers of the cup. And, I mean, think about, think about all that cool stuff. Paul I mean, Smith's women's hockey? Yeah, Paul it Smith's is, women's it hockey. It is one of, the, one of the capitals of the sports world. Absolutely. absolutely. <laughs> you know, I, and, and I, I am convinced of this. People say I'm crazy. But all the venues are still there. I don't see why... Lake Placid could never host another Olympic Games. Yeah, they say, oh, the infrastructure, not enough hotels, and this and that. Well, I think back then it was it was awesome. Since then, the Olympics have grown way too big, yes. way too commercial, way too monetized. To have a nice, quaint uh, Adirondack Village Olympics again. I think would be fabulous. I think the only way that it's going to happen is if it's a coordination a between like a couple, potential USA and Canada. Montreal. Lake uh, they've talked about Montreal. Lake Pl- I, even, I, even Burlington. Yeah, I feel like something like that could be. If, if you, yeah, if you were to do that or even like Albany, Glen Lake Falls. Placid, that type of area. I'm trying to think of like something like that. Lake Placid obviously couldn't do it on its own. I mean, it's funny you actually mentioned that. As I was going through, I was doing looking back for last week um, for the for the sports section. I came across a story from 1981 where they were actually. It was a story about how Lake Placid was like in tremendous debt, 
and mm-hmm. all the financial issues that go along with it. Yes. And that's a main, that's a really important thing that people obviously don't like to talk about, but I don't think there I remember reading a story a little bit while back and I don't know if it's changed in a couple of recent Olympics. No host of the Olympics since a very long time ago has actually come out on the profits. Everybody's always oh, lost money. Oh yeah. Montreal is still paying for the 76 games. Okay, see that's um, the, the the savior here for Lake Placid was New York State creating ORDA, the Olympic Regional Development Authority, which yeah. our former senator Ron Stafford had a lot to do with. The state took over the venues, um, which saved everything. Um, we still have operating working venues from those Olympics mm-hmm. 40 years later because the state took over them. Uh, Whiteface Ski Center, Mount Van Hovenberg, yep. um, all those venues. Again, valuable. Um, yeah, and it, it was because the state stepped in to to oversee them. Yeah. Um, these other places didn't have that, huh. and that's why they're uh, still financially paying for it. Right. Um, the, and, and, you know, and since then the Olympics have, like I said, have gotten kind of out of hand. Mm-hmm. Um, A little bloated. But thank God for Orta and those venues. Right, right. And I, and I, and I think... The fact that, like Ben, what you had mentioned before, the fact that the the rinks are still there and everything is still there and they're being used mm-hmm. is so it's such a cool. It's aspect. a legacy. Yeah, it absolutely. I mean, think about how many different people. Whether you want to talk recently with just the NWHL, or if you want to go to ECAC championships that they have every year, or anything like the Harlem Globetrotters yep. when they play at the like on when they put the basketball Their court ma- major fi- figure skating shows think about uh, how think about how yeah think about how many different things they've had there but also think about all those participants that have been there and can say like it's really cool i played a hockey game or i played a basketball game or had some type of athletic event in that facility that alone i feel like probably means something some to more more so for some than others that carries some weight and importance too, which is really cool. Oh, absolutely! They used to have um, around Christmas time a high school basketball tournament. Yes, there. Yep. At the Olympic Center. Yep. They put the and floor down. It ended in like 2004 or 2005 was the last year um, because it just wasn't making money. Unfortunately, that was the issue that they had. Um, but it was funny. One of the flashback photos yep. um, from a little while ago was <laughs> from from one of those games, um, and it, I think it was 2004 or 2005, and. Yeah, they just didn't make money off of it, um, unfortunately. And it was because people would play, like, one game and, like, that would be it. It wouldn't be, like, a tournament where they would play a couple games on a weekend. It would just be one day. Right. So people would come, go, that would be it. They wouldn't stay in the town. They wouldn't do anything like that because nobody was so far away that you had to stay the night. And, and those facilities um, are all going going to or will be going through another major upgrade Uh as multi-millions of dollars will be pumped in to upgrade the facilities for the 2023 World University Games that will be held in Lake Flaccid. That'll be fun. So we're going to get all brand new stuff. Yeah. Hashtag Lake Flaccid forever. Yeah. And hey, with with stuff like that, it could could entice other things in the future as well when you see revamped facilities, different things like that coming coming through the door. Absolutely. Um, so I, I, I think that's great. They'll live on. So my assignment to you, Mr. Rowe, mm-hmm. is find me that beer. Yes. <laughs> oh, Miracle Gold. I want to try. We will do our duty to support Lake Placid <laughs> by drinking some of that beer. I like rolled gold pretzels. <laughs> hey, 
pretzels beer? It's natural. Pretzels is good. Yeah, yeah. Gold beer and some gold pretzels. Not a big, not a big beer guy, but I'm a big pretzel <laughs> guy. I'm like, a, I'm a big roll gold type of guy. Um, but yeah, I feel. Hey, we talked about like 30 minutes for. I, we had no real plan coming into today. Yeah, that's how the news works, Joey. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. absolutely but. Yes, not many people know this, but yeah, you come in, you're like, oh, I wonder what's going to happen in the news today. And all of a sudden, bam, news just oh. hits you square in the face. Never fails. <laughs> no, not at all. You guys, 35 years. Come in. Do you have any departing messages before we sign off? Nothing? Stay safe. As always. I mean, yes, again, Franklin County, not doing so hot. So. No. No, definitely stay safe out there. And otherwise, um, yeah, again, it's the it's a good time. It's always a good time in these trying times to reflect on how lucky we are to live around this place. So, lots of good stuff. Absolutely. Alrighty, Joe. Well, you can before. Hold on, I gotta gotta do your thing that you like doing. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and PressRepublican.com, and you can listen to all twenty nine episodes now on those platforms. But Joe, sign us off. Thanks, everybody, for listening once again, and we wish everybody a little week's time.